Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. If you listened to last week's episode number 71, then I talked about how I had original plans to do something, but then uh, another article popped up that I actually got from the article that I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. So I went and did that entire uh, show last week, which again was 71. So I don't want to say that 71 is a must listen before you listen to this one. Uh, Things might flow a little bit better, but again, I don't think uh, you're going to be lost at all if you don't um, listen to, to 71 before you listen to this one. However, This article really just right from the get-go had me kind of scratching my head and disagreeing based on the title alone. And maybe I'm nitpicking, but I don't don't think I'm nitpicking. So I suppose I'll leave that up to you. Um, I guess it really just boils down to the question of where you stand in regards to personal responsibility, where you stand in regards to, do you believe there is a power in an actual plan not up not well do you believe planning is worthwhile well it depends planning uh is not worthwhile if it's just kind of a a cookie cutter general plan here's the plan that's going to pertain here well i have a plan i'm going to graduate high school and then i'm going to go to college and then i'm going to go in the workforce and um that's how things are going to go to be fair that is a plan you have a plan of action. You're going to graduate. That's a good goal. That's a good plan. You're going to go to college. Uh, and then that's where things kind of spin out of control a little bit because, yes, that's a plan, but that's why I say, do you believe in the power of an actual plan? And that's kind of where we're going to springboard off of. So that's really where things boil down to is maybe not necessarily believe, but have you considered? Because lots of people they don't consider the difference between an actual plan and then just a plan. Or as I like to, I, I, I can't take, uh, I don't know who ever said this quote, but it's, 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 it's a great one. Practice makes perfect. Have you ever heard of that before? Practice makes perfect, which is a total sham. And I, it never, I never realized it until I heard another quote about it. And the person said, no, perfect practice makes perfect. And the example I always like to use is in regards to sports since I grew up playing sports. But I I don't know. Let's just say you are practicing the game of tennis. So you're practicing the game of tennis. But then you you dig a little bit deeper and you look at the actual plan. And while your actual plan is you're practicing the game of tennis with a hockey stick. Now, you are practicing, correct. You have a plan. The plan being, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing tennis. But... The actual plan makes no sense because that's not good practice. That's very misleading practice. You haven't done enough homework. You haven't done enough considerations in terms of, well, what equipment is actually required for tennis? And that would be right a tennis racket, not a a hockey stick. So you get where I'm going. So that's kind of the the general idea here is there's kind of one of two camps. What camp do do you fall into? Or quite frankly, maybe you've just never considered the other, you know, kind of viewpoint. And that's the whole idea of the podcast in the first place is to, uh, if not necessarily open your eyes to things, but to just kind of confirm that, hey, you know, if you are thinking in these ways, you're not alone. In fact, I would argue and I think, I mean, I I would like to think I'm halfway decent at, you know, putting these, uh, you know, points in a frame of reference that makes sense to people. But this is how life actually works. This is how you get ahead. This is how you put yourself in a worthwhile position. So that was kind of a, a long intro before I even get to the, you know, but 
that is the, you know, like I said, kind of the underlying theme here. So the name of the article, and this comes from MarketWatch, some older Americans say millennial student debt is their own fault. And what caught me right away is, okay, well, I, I that's good. I'm glad uh, older uh, Americans say that the fault or that millennials debt is their fault, but wait, some? So if it's some, that would imply that others say it's not their fault. Well, if, if it's not their fault, then whose fault is it? Um, so that's kind of what I immediately sparked is my attention. And um, I suppose I'm being a little bit sarcastic here. I, I, you know, as I went into the article, am I going to read something about, you know, some college put a gun to somebody's head and said, hey, you are going to go here and you're going to pay this price. But, but I, you know, I, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to read anything like that. But let's, uh, let's get to this article and see what uh, it has to say. Elf Sucumbe. I think that I said that right, uh, name right. Sorry, Elf, if I didn't get it right. A San Francisco area-based director with $223,000 in student loans. How do you get $223,000 in student loans? Says those who blame student, or says those who blame students for the problem is a little out of touch. All right, Elf. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to be polite, Elf. How, because here at this thing, Elf, I say that it is your fault that you have $230,000, so that is my position, but your position is that those of us who believe that are a little out of touch. So, all right, I, I believe in open dialogue, I believe in open conversation, so I, I would like to hear about how I am out of touch. People don't realize that everybody is living paycheck to paycheck, and they are not doing that by choice, says uh, Sakumbe, says Elf, who is 36 years old. I am, how old am I? I'm 35, so Elf is one year older than I am. Uh, well, well, first off, and I realize this could just be, you know, an exaggeration. Um, but when he says people don't realize that everybody is living, no, not not everybody. Okay, that's first off, Elf. If you're honestly, if you honestly believe that, then you are. You got to change the story that you're telling to yourself because if you say that, well, this is the case for everybody, then that's giving you the impression. That's giving yourself the impression that there's nothing you can do about it because if it's happening to everybody, well, then that is just the norm and that's just how it is. But Elf, I'm happy to report, I do not live paycheck to paycheck. I've interviewed people on this very podcast that are not living paycheck to paycheck. I know many friends in my friend group that are not living paycheck to paycheck. Now, do hard times come around? Yeah, absolutely, that, that's just life. But paycheck to paycheck, Elf, I, I have great news for you, my friend. Not everybody is doing that. So if you mean everybody in more of a literal sense where in your mind, just because, and I, I understand why you may think that, Elf, if you hang around with a bunch of other people that are all living paycheck to paycheck too, then I get it how you may feel like that's just how the world is, that's just how society is, that's just how it has to be. But if, I, I, I wanna encourage you, Elf, that that's not how it is. So in other words, you know what? There, there's, there's a way to not live paycheck to paycheck. There is a way to, get out of that, to get out of that very stressful environment. So just remember that, and I'm talking not to Elf anymore, but just to myself and listener, to you listening, what story are you telling yourself? If you are telling yourself that something is the same for everybody, then think about what that is implying and what you're kind of subconsciously telling yourself as well. That's just how it is. And if that's just how it is, well, then there's not much else you can do about it. But that's not how it is, all right? In this situation, no, not everybody is living paycheck to paycheck. So 
I don't want Elf, I don't want you as a listener to think that some sort of situation you know, is, is not the case. There's, there's normally, assuming you live in a, a developed country, uh, I, I come from the United States here, and I, th I think most listeners are in the, the U.S., but I realize there could be some international people too. Uh, but in the U.S., no, no, no. There, there is all sorts of opportunity to not live paycheck to paycheck. So let's keep going on. He makes six figures in retail fashion marketing, but is still sliding into credit card debt to pay his loans. Uh, Elf thinks of his in-laws who both worked as teachers and bought a house with an ocean view. His house is on a highway and is plumbing work that needs to be put off. We're in a different boat, he said. It's a different time period. It feels like things are stacked up against me. Elf already works at least 50 hours a week and has wondered about a weekend job. It's basically the choice between am I going to raise my kids or not, he said. So let's just kind of boil this down. And I mean, Elf, uh, right now I, I see one thing that could help you live not to paycheck to paycheck. Uh, you, now I, I, I'd, I still wouldn't agree with you, Elf, but I, I'd feel a little bit more compassion. I'd, I'd feel a little bit more understanding towards your situation. Had hey, let me find that one quote. Um, oh, so he already works 50 hours a week. Uh, which I mean, yeah, that's 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 more than you know, 40 hours a week. So that's you know, a little more than 40 hours a week. Uh, but then, and has wondered about a weekend job. Now, if that said, and is already working a weekend job, like I said, I, I would still what I'm you know, the core premise here, I still agree with. But I'd be like, all right, Elf, you know what? At least, but what do you mean? You you haven't even gotten a weekend job yet. You're wondering if you should get a weekend job. Well, I mean, that would be a, 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 a quicker way to get yourself out of the paycheck to paycheck mentality, wouldn't it? Sure, is that preferable? No. Is that the ideal situation? No. But I mean, dude, you have $220,000 in student loan debt. Here's a newsflash for you, Elf. You don't have a choice. You need to work that weekend job. You need to be working at least 60 hours a week, minimum. And that's being, that's being polite. So no, you no longer have a choice, but here's the thing, Elf, you did have a choice originally. I'm pretty sure that nobody forced you to go $220,000 into debt. Now, if somebody did, I realize that my, uh, my point of view completely falls apart, and I apologize, I am wrong, but I'm gonna go ahead and make the assumption that nobody forced you to do that. I, I, I would like to believe that you could have gone to a community college for the first two years, knocked out all those you know garbage classes that they make you take out. So you could have gone a community college two years and then transferred into a program um, and you know come out with maybe a little bit of debt, but two hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt. That was your choice. You put it there. But when you make a bad choice, which that was, guess what? Now you don't have a choice. You shouldn't be wondering about that weekend job. You should do it. So as of right now, Elf, um, you know, I, I don't know how I'm, a, I'm out of touch with things. I would realize if I'm out of touch, if you were forced to go to that school, whatever school it was, I don't think they mentioned it, and go $220,000 in uh, debt. But, because I, I will give you some credit. Now, this could also be a function that you live in San Francisco, which is one of the most expensive places to live in the world. But I mean, it, it, it sounds like you, you 
got a good degree if you're able to get six figures. Uh, but I, I don't know what that degree would be worth. And let's just say, I'll, I'll call it Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I am at. Uh, I, I doubt, doubt that would pay six figures. But I mean, it, it, it sounds like you have you got a degree that has a job market for it, but you still way, way, way overpaid for that degree. Which goes back to the, oh, I don't think you had an actual plan. It sounds like your plan was graduate from high school, go to this college that I wanna go to, get this degree, and then I'll think about the rest later. Well, you know what, now what you're thinking about is you're wondering about, do you get a weekend job? See, that's, the, that's why you have to have, and especially, I don't know if any younger people listen to this, but if, if, if you are you know, not in college, if somehow you're a teenager listening to this, that would be awesome. But even if you're, you're a little older and you're considering going back to college, please have an actual plan. Please figure out, you know what? If I'm going to take on some debt, am I going to pay back the debt? Or is paying back the debt going to be very, very difficult because either A, I way overpaid, or B, you know, the job market just isn't very strong for this degree that I'm thinking about getting. So you gotta run those calculations. And there is a reason why in my Slab Money Method course, I have like, I think it's over an hour, an hour of video detailing the process of what you need to be looking at in order to figure out whether or not the degree that you're looking to go get, whether or not the college you're looking to go to, whether or not that actually makes sense. So I'm not gonna go into all of that because like I said, that, that video in and of itself is like an hour worth of stuff. But I mean, yeah, there is a actual plan to do things. The plan of, yep, I'm going to college, yep, I'm gonna get that degree. Yes, that's a plan, nobody can take that away from you, but that's not really an actual plan. So let's pick back up with this. One year at any four-year institution cost $26,593 during the 2016 and 2017 school year, according to the National Center for Education Statistics. Adjusting for inflation, the center said the 1985 to 86 cost to pay for the same year of schooling was $12,274. But, well, th th that's, that's all just, and I have, I'm not gonna go down this, but the reason college is so expensive is because of the government. That is why. I don't remember what episode it was, but I, I, I spent a, a literally a whole episode, because I understand right now you could be like, oh, here we go. Somebody that blames the government, but then offers no solution. No, I literally dedicated an entire podcast, and sometimes I wonder if I should just do it again, uh, but I did a whole podcast of how you fix college pricing. And if you want the nutshell version of it, it's get, college, or it's get the government out of college loans. Uh, but uh, let's see here, there is. So picking back up here, but not everyone empathizes with debt holders. One third of adults age 45 up say graduates are most at fault for their student debt, according to a new survey. In fact, 25% say young people should look for lower interest rates and 19% said graduates should work harder to pay it off. Uh, I'm gonna keep, I can't remember, but the 18 to 44 year old participating in the creditrepair.com survey, those most likely paying off loans right now see things differently. Only 21% say students are at fault, while 40% say the responsibility resists, uh, resists primarily with the government. Okay, and, and just 10% of younger participants in the survey say graduates need to work harder. Their number one solution, according to 27% of this age group, was free public college. Only 18% of older Americans said they felt the same way. Go, okay, I'm, I'm gonna try not to rant, but the, oh, okay, this, this is so bad. Uh, 
how why is this problem not being blamed on a lack of planning why, why wasn't there a question of do you believe that you're in college debt because you didn't have an actual plan because you didn't think things through is that a is that a possibility on on how it's the case because i i assure you and i again i show it in you first two years you can go to a community college well that doesn't sound fun well i don't care i never said any of this was necessarily fun but you, you can't sit here and blame the government and expect things for free. All oh, it should be. No, you should know how to put together a plan. Because you know what? If it's free is not free. And if college education becomes free for everybody, guess what happens after you get out of college? You are going to be paying taxes just out of everything. And also, guess what happens? If it's free for everybody and then everybody goes to college, this is called supply versus demand. That means there are that many more degrees available. So what is that going to do to what are people willing to pay you? That is going to drop. So now not only are you paying higher taxes, you are being paid less money. Put yourself in an employer's shoes. Instead of having five people you can choose from, because college is now free, you have 50 people you can choose from. Do you think you'll be able to offer Lower pay to somebody. Well, that's not very nice. Well, are you the one risking your money? Because as the employer, as the business owner, they are risking their money. You could turn out to be a terrible employee. Their idea, their product, their service could fail, meaning they lose their money. So you know what? Because they're the one risking their money, they better be as smart as possible with that money. So it's not their job to act as a charity to you when you are taking on no risk. When all you are doing is taking their money, and yeah, you are giving them some sort of service. You are giving them your labor, but that's fine. That, that's called an economy, right? You exchange your labor, they're giving you money. But back to, and that's a whole other podcast right there. But if you have five people to choose from versus 50, A, not only is it gonna be that much harder to even get the job, but you're gonna be paid less because, well, there's that much more supply. And when there's that much more supply of something, again, basic economics, pull out any microeconomics book and within the first couple of chapters, you're gonna be learning about supply versus demand curves. And when you have more supply of something, prices are going down, or in this case, your salary is going down. But also remember, your taxes have also gone up. So how does that sound for all the people that want free stuff, free education? Taxes going up, your pay going down. Oh yeah, because the government's gonna fix everything. The government, no, what's going to fix stuff is people learn how to actually think for themselves and put together a plan. That, and to be fair, I guess, I don't, maybe that was a question that this survey asked, but I really wish these surveys would include that, is whose fault it is, you know what, is it a lack of planning's fault? Now, and this is what goes back to, and if you're some sort of, uh, you know, high school counselor, college advisor in high school, Oh, I really hope you're not one of the sleaze bags that just, oh, oh, really? You're you're gonna go to this private college, pay forty thousand dollars a year, and get a, your 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 degree in romantic you uh, you know you romantic U.S. literature? Okay, yeah, one hundred sixty thousand dollars. You're gonna graduate from school in debt with a romantic literature degree. Oh, yeah, go ahead for it. I'm sorry, but if that is what you're doing as a high school counselor, you are screwing up people's lives. Kind of, because the other part of the kind of is where are the parents at too? Parents, we need to parent our kids. 
I have four of them. The oldest is seven, so I got some time. But where are the parents at? I, I, I do realize and I do, I, I, I feel vast compassion if uh, Elf was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm just a high school kid. I trusted my high school counselor. My parents didn't say anything. They just said to listen to the high school counselor and they said that going $230,000 in debt was, well, you know, that, that's kind of what you do. Shame on you. Shame on you. And again, that is why I do this podcast because I don't know if I make it. I have no idea if this makes me any money. I really don't. But I just, at least I consider and say that I, I've tried. I am trying to get people to wake up to these things. And once again, I, I, I'm not saying that all high school counselors are like this, but a lot of them, I'm sorry, you are partially to blame. You have an influence in screwing up people's lives. But at the end of the day, you know what, Elf? You're the one that needs to make these choices. And I, I get it, that's, that's very uncompassionate on my part, and I, I do get where you're coming from, but nobody forced you to do this. And again, I it's I, I don't put a hundred percent of on it, but where, where does personal, you know, where, where does personal responsibility come into play here? And you know, this is why, I mean, you, you, it, it's such a gray area because I remember what it was like when I was seventeen. I mean, heck, I did college wrong. I should have went to a community college for two years, and then transferred into Ohio State, which is where I graduated from. Now I. I I started a, a book business in college, and I, I still graduated debt-free and all that. But I mean, like I said, I'm not sitting here like some high and mighty thing. But the at at the core, you know, at, at some point you got to start to consider this stuff because at 17, 18 years old, I mean, you can do math, and you, you know, like I said, I I was at least smart enough to know that I'm well, I'm going to get an engineering degree because there's a good job market. So that is why I also. Yeah, I didn't do it perfectly, but I, I thought things through. And the thing is, well, wow, are you saying, no, I'm not a genius at all. I just, please think. You got to think things through. Debt is a, a serious thing. And you don't want to be putting yourself in a debt if it doesn't make sense. Well, how do I know if it makes sense? By doing an actual plan. So, but this whole thing about blaming the government. Now, if people are blaming the government for causing higher tuition prices, that's fine. But again, there are ways to go out there and get top college degrees for way less than $230,000. So let's continue on with this. Uh, let's see, where did I, okay. Borrowers between 18 and 39 owe 840 billion of the nation's approximately $1.5 trillion student debt as this year's second quarter, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York data, which those aged 18 to 49, oh, 1.6 trillion. Americans with student loan debt had an average of 32,700 balance as of the end of last year, the Fed noted. Advocates say minority students face stronger or steeper, deeper costs and consequences because they are most likely to borrow money for school. One recent study found that white men paid down 44% of their debts 12 years after school, but the balance for black women increased 13% over time. Okay, I, I mean, I... I I don't know what that is supposedly suggesting or what I, I, I assure you uh, a, a white man who is an engineer and a black woman who is an engineer, uh, you know, I'm not going to say they're the exact what I mean, but I, I'm not quite sure. That's a, again, a whole nother topic for a podcast. 
how are they, what kind of questions are these? What, why are they even asking? Are they trying to, but anyways, uh, let's see. At a con congressional hearing earlier this week, comedian Hassan Mijaj called student debt a paywall to the middle class. People are putting off marriage, kids, home ownership, and retirement, especially my generation, said the 33-year-old host of uh, Netflix's pa Patriot Act. Uh, Representative Barry uh, Laudermilk, uh, 55, said debt levels were a crisis, but pressed witnesses on whether student loans were absolutely necessary for schooling. Two of my three children graduated from four-year college institutions with zero debt and no scholarship, Laudermilk said. They actually worked and paid their tuition, even from some colleges you would recognize. Once again, that's a whole other topic, but that's what I need to know about you, Elf. I mean, were you working during school? I mean, I, I realize there's no way you're gonna work enough to be paying off $230,000 in debt. I want I wish Elf, there was more details on Elf's situation here because how do you get that amount of money? But that's another, right? Do you have an actual plan? Again, did I do college perfect? No, did I, did I work? Yes. Um, not only was I running my book selling business, but I worked during the summers doing roofing, and I, then I worked also at the, the one of the college libraries at Ohio State uh, as a job. I don't I don't remember minimum wage it was whatever. Uh, but I you know I was like all right I want to I want to keep putting some money in my pocket and uh, you know so yes I'm one of these people that yeah you can work and graduate uh, debt free. Uh, let's see We're, on Friday uh, Lottery Milk told Market Watches that students. Work and ability to generate income is an important part of this puzzle, but the root of the problem is that the federal government took over student lending in 2010, which caused student loan funds to basically become an entitlement available to anyone, which resulted in college and, colleges and universities significantly increasing the cost of attendance. Yes, that's the, definitely the government's fault for that. He said there's also no evaluation as to whether the borrower can repay a federal student loan. I believe that's why the default rate on federal loans Letter, federal loans is 22% and the default rate on private student loans is 2%. That's an interesting statistic. The federal government is now the largest consumer lender in the country. This is the fundamental problem. Yes, yes it is. Think about that. Do you notice the difference? So what, what is a private loan? A private loan is you go to a bank, somebody that's in a for-profit business and you ask them, hey, I would like a loan and they say, okay, what are you gonna use this loan for? Well, I need $160,000 to go get a romantic literature degree. Excuse me, you, you want us to give you $160,000 to go get a romantic literature degree that basically has no job market? Yes, denied. But what will the government do? Sure, here you go. Okay, that makes a whole lot of sense. And you wonder why I didn't realize that the default rate on federal student loans, 22%, private loans, 2%. You know what? How about we just let the private market, how about we just let those big evil banks do their thing? Well, that's not very nice of the bank to deny that $160,000. What? The bank, that is, who wants to say they're big and evil? I'd say big and kind. They just saved that person from screwing up their lives. A big evil bank could have saved Elf from screwing up his life right now. Well, that's too far. I don't know if he never said his life is screwed. It's just not ideal. But a big evil bank could have helped mentor Elf and said, no, buddy, we're not gonna give you $220,000 to get this degree. Do you wanna know why? Because you're gonna have a very, very, very hard time paying it back. In fact, we're not even sure you will be able to pay it back. 
So no, denied. Well, that, no, that is the nicest thing that anybody could have ever done to Elf. And you know what? I have a sneaky suspicion that Elf might actually agree with me. That if he would have been denied those that $220,000 in loans, he'd probably, now at the time, when you're 17 or 18, yeah, I get it. Oh, corporations, those big banks, so greedy, so mean. Let's go out and protest. But you know what? Looking back, I, I, I really think he would have said, you know what? When I was young and didn't have quite as much experience, uh, thank you. Thank you. You forced me to actually go to a college that I could afford. And you now, now sure, yeah. Maybe I still have some loans, but they're, they're much more manageable. So yeah, at the time, it wasn't very fun. But right now, thank you. You, you are actually right. But no, you just go to the government. Yep, here you go. Approved, approved, approved. And then we have a student loan crisis. Huh, that's weird. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, I, just, I don't understand. So whose fault it is? At the end of the day, Elf, sorry, man. It, it resides on you. But I will fully, um, I, I will give you the fact that, boy, oh, boy. It's sure. Uh, it's sure. It's a. It's, it's a stupid environment out there. It is a stupid environment to allow people. It makes making stupid decisions way too easy. That's probably the best way to put it. Our current environment, when it comes to this whole education things, makes stupid ideas way too easy. I mean, it's uh, that statistic. Twenty-two percent federal government, two percent the private industry. That stat alone should be all that you need to know to get the government out of education and put it back in the hands of the private industry. Because you know what? That statistic shows it's not like they're a little bit better. I'd understand and I'd say, all right, if, if we're talking at the margin here, if it's like a 2% difference, heck, let's even call it a 10% difference. All right, I mean, 10%, which still is kind of big. But anyways, we'll go with 10%. All right, it's a 10% difference. So I can see a debate like, all right, let's see both sides because there is, it's only a 10%. No, but here it's 22% difference. That's crazy. And when you're talking about billions of dollars, and in this case, trillions of dollars, 1% actually makes a massive difference. So for me to sit here and say, well, it's only a 10% difference, that, I mean, we're talking about trillions of dollars. That's a lot of money. That is a lot. I mean, you can build a whole lot of stuff with that. Yet here we are, and it's a 22% difference. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how you honestly argue against that, other than you, you hide behind this false compassion of, well, People should be able to pursue their passions. You know what, I, I, I agree. But you can pursue your passions much smarter than what these people are doing. There's no way, I mean, as I always tell people, listen, so let, let's uh, let's go with yeah, this, uh, well, we'll, we'll stick with the theme of the, the UK or the, the US uh, romantic literature. If you love romantic literature, I don't even know if that's a thing. But if that's what you love, then you know what, awesome. Pursue it, and I'm gonna tell you how to best pursue it. Go find a well-paying industry. Not necessarily even go to college, but find a job that is going to actually, A, get you a job, and B, pay you what you think you are worth. And when you have that, guess what? You can, go, you can pursue that romantic literature. I mean, you can probably buy some classic novels. You can probably go and visit places all around the world where maybe some of those uh, you know, books and stories took place. How are you gonna be able to do that? Well, because you actually have money. You're not loaded down in debt with some worthless degree. 
That's how you do it. So no, the compassionate thing to do is, uh-uh, I'm not gonna give you money so you can get a degree in that. I'm gonna get you a degree in something that will help pay you to go and pursue that as a hobby. But as a degree that you're putting debt on top of your shoulders, no. That is the actual compassion thing to do. And uh, you know the way compassion is used in society, it's just it's savage. It really is savage. Well, it, it's just not fair if somebody can't go and get this degree. You know what? Again, going back to Elf, and I'm going to end with this. I really think that Elf, at the time, sure, he could have been upset if he would have been denied those loans. But in hindsight, now looking back, oh man, I'd love to talk to Elf and be like, hey, are, if 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 I could if I could play a hypothetical with you, and if I could say that. Elf, you were denied those two hundred, you know, twenty thousand dollars in loans. Sitting where you sit now, I mean, would you be glad that you were denied those? I mean, you got to be like ninety percent sure. Elf would be like, yeah, absolutely. I wish somebody would have just said, no, man, that's that's gonna. When you're thirty six, that your your life's gonna look not the way you want it if you take on that amount of debt. So, teachers, if you're listening to this, parents, if you're listening to this, we got to do our jobs. We need to educate these kids on how to actually plan, how to actually do some critical thinking. So just think, in fact, I will, I will do this um, because like I said, I have a whole module of the planning process for this. Uh, I, I'll do, a, 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 I don't even know what, we'll make it an even $99. I know the, the current price of the slab method is early, so we'll do an even $99. Just get a hold of me and uh, say, hey Clay, I listen to the, the podcast, Teach, just say, tell me teach, and we will get you a, a custom coupon code that'll knock down that to just $99. So I mean, 100 bucks for essentially stuff that will, it's well worth $100. I, I, and that's why it comes back, that's why the whole entire program comes with a one year money back guarantee. So again, I, if I am here to, so teach, just get a hold of me. But even if you don't, that's fine. But we gotta get, especially you high school counselors, please, Please mentor these kids the way they need to be mentored. Don't let these elf situations happen. It's crazy, it's sad, it's pathetic. But at the end of the day, if you're a, a younger person or thinking about you know, somebody that's maybe older and thinking about going back to school, please think things through. Don't have a plan, have an actual plan. Don't be out there practicing tennis with a hockey stick. You're not gonna like the ultimate results of that. So, so that's all I have, and uh, I could keep on ranting on this one, but... Uh, yeah, please, please, don't do a disservice to yourself. Don't be like Elf. And I, I, I realize there's no politicians that are listening to this, but if you're a politician, can, can we please push to get the government out of the student loan business? I mean, that statistic says it all. 22% versus 2%. The government is terrible at its job. The government is terrible within the, school, within the loan industry. Terrible. That's all I have to say. <laughs> A little fired up, but I need to just cut this loose. So uh, if you disagree, I suppose, let me know. I, I'm always open for uh, for uh, open discussion. But that's my thoughts on the subject. Everybody take care, and I'll see you back next week. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I want to just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there and I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself 
either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.